to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaefer. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. Hey, Jeremy, how are you this week? Good, mate. It was uh, good to see you in person this week rather than talking so virtually, although we are recording this on 3rd of August, uh, remotely on Microsoft Teams. It's always great to come up to campus or the surrounding area. So I, I immensely enjoyed my week, uh, both with the information uh, I was able to gather in our in our talks, as well as the just the social aspect and catching up with all, all the folks, uh, including yourself. So it was uh, lots of fun. Great trip. Yeah, it's funny because... Um, I- kind of last minute the week before I'd reached out to the team that were running the was a SharePoint Microsoft Teams dev kitchen and um, obviously everything was under NDA and I suggested hey it'd be good to kind of talk about the graph and share some things under NDA about what we're doing and uh, it was cool to see a room full of friendly faces Uh, I've been spending a lot of time interning with engineering people now like week 10 this week back at Microsoft and it was nice to kind of get in the room with people that you know, I've have helped me in my career, honestly, in giving feedback and allow me to be a good PM. So it was nice to get some feedback on the graph, so I could take back to the team as well. But um, what what did you um did you get up to much in Seattle other than the the, the event? Yeah, I did not. I uh, we were hosted in um in Bellevue, and so spent uh, most of the, all the week in Bellevue myself. Uh, it's been quite a few trips up there nowadays, so I don't generally venture off too much. Um, and of course, there's always the stuff cooking back home you got to keep in touch on, so I didn't get a chance to explore. But uh, it was, you know, we, we joked before a week or two ago how I was doing less coding work, so it was nice to just spend my spare time opening up Visual Studio and Visual Studio Code and hacking away, so it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I mean... In terms of this week's show, it was good to have you up in person. Next time, we'll try and do a better job of lining up a few more PMs. But unfortunately, this time of year, everyone's on vacation at Microsoft, which makes it hard to get people in a room to record. But it was a really good show with you with Otoro, right? Yes, it was. It was fantastic. Obviously, this topic uh, interests me quite a bit. And and uh, again, just to point out to our listeners, you know, he reached out to us and said, I have this information or I'd like to talk about this topic. And so if anyone else out there has a similar interest, it'd be great to hear back. But yes, uh, Arturo was uh, very gracious and and obviously helped us uh, walk through some complicated topics. So I hope everyone finds that helpful as well. Yeah. And then in terms of news this week, did you see anything in your uh, internet browsing foraging this week? <laughs> I, I did. And big surprise, I found more information about Azure Active Directory. The, the one <laughs> yeah, news they're item on the I want at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yes. Except on the one area that I wish they would get done, but that's a different conversation. But um, I found a, a blog post from Alex Simons, who's the director of program management in, in identity. And he has a, a blog post that's spelling out updates and improvements to the um, the management of roles and administrators in Azure Active Directory. And by roles, we, we, he typically means the, the built-in roles that you see when you log into Azure, including some delegated management roles that you can do, for example, let people manage virtual machines, but yet they can't manage the entire subscription. So it's a uh, quite lengthy post with lots of pictures and links off to other stuff. Uh, They're also including the privileged identity management, which is a a 
much more involved topic as well we might want to try to touch on in the future but uh the the again this is a great uh post here getting people up to speed on, on what's happening in the azure ad space yeah yeah and then another one what i found which was more uh from a community side brian jacket um was actually one of the first people to reach out to me an email when my inbox was lit up at microsoft um because I'd asked for anyone to give me you no know, feedback and like what things he they felt were important about kind of fixing from a developer experience on the graph. And Brian had a really solid list that actually formed a lot of the discussions I had when I first started. And um, and, and it has been kind of like double, double, triple confirmed from other people that this is what's important to them. Um, and one of them actually was that the API reference is buried, um, which is now in the top navigation. So I was kind of quite pleased I managed to get that one done. But Brian does a lot of blogging in his role at Microsoft because he works a lot with customers that have questions where sometimes our docs don't go deep enough or don't cover a scenario well enough. And, you know, that's why we rely on people to kind of blog these things out as well. And one he did was around Azure Functions calling an Azure AD application, but with a certificate authentication, which is a little bit more complicated. Um, and he's done for kind of these, the, the daemon type applications where, you know, it's a service calling it as opposed to um, a, a delegate user that's calling it directly from a map where they sign in in their mobile app or web app and grabs an access token and then calls the graph. Um, in this case, Brian's doing it more of a service approach. So that article was really, really cool if you wanted to go down to that kind of level. Um, and so uh, that was great to see that this week. If we are missing stuff and you're blogging and we're not talking about it, it's because we don't have you on our radars. Um, and so please kind of Twitter mention at uh, uh, M365 Dev Podcast Twitter handle or Jay Thake or Paul Schaeflein. Um, and we'll uh, make sure it's on our radar. I use an RSS feed reader um, to kind of keep up to date with all the blogs that are kind of tech related and specifically have a group for Microsoft Graph bloggers as well uh, as an area of, for me of interest with the PM stuff. So um, before we just jump into this show, close your eyes. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Close your eyes and remember every time that you put a password in directly into your code, and that could be a secret as well. If you put in a web config and check that into source controlled, a kitten dies very <laughs> ugly. Paul, would you like to add anything more to make this very, very serious conversation we're about to have with Otoro? Well, killing kittens is the most serious thing you could mention, so I don't know that I could top that. <laughs> but yes, it's it's absolutely a worthwhile listen. And and again, if there's questions, Arturo's active on Twitter, and, and the conversation can certainly continue outside this podcast. So it's a, a great, great topic. So glad we had it. And everyone should pay attention and listen at least twice. <laughs> and please keep retweeting and sharing the tweets we're trying to get our listener base up we know there's more people out there that care about this stuff and um, so we'd appreciate any love you can give this on the social networks LinkedIn is a great place for you guys to post this stuff too so if you like the show please take the time to um, post that on the social networks where you have friends and if you don't have friends knock door to door in your neighborhood with the uh, business cards of the show as well and we always cool. appreciate the uh, ratings in the, the iTunes store that that helps spread the word as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, look, everyone have a good week and um, we've got an exciting show on next week. So we'll um, speak to you next week. So long. <laughs> yeah.
We'll try it. This is we'll why try I'm, it in the recording. I'm the co-host, so you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have the pleasure today of having Otoro Lucatero with us today, which I've totally butchered your name. So how do you really pronounce your name? All good. Hey, thanks for having me. My name is Arturo Lucatero. Man, but, that hey, just I've seems used to awesome. saying Arturo. It's, you should be in a movie or something. I don't know whether there's a good guy or a bad guy. Type yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe well, I can play both roles. Yeah, that's right. Or you can twi- switch off through the film. Yes. Um, where are you originally from? Uh, originally from, uh, it's a tough question. I'm from all over the place. So originally from Texas, but I grew up mainly in Mexico. Uh, I lived there until I was about 16, and then moved to tiny Oregon to go to college and landed here in Washington afterwards. That's awesome. You really have lost your accent. Yes. I think I left it somewhere behind <laughs> after the many moves. <laughs> and um, and so how long have you been at Microsoft for? I've been at Microsoft uh, just over three years uh, full-time uh, working in identity. Uh, before that, I was an intern in Power BI, did a couple internships here. That's awesome. So I mean, a lot of people always ask, you know, how did you get into Microsoft and how easy is it, and so forth. But uh, I, when I returned to Microsoft now, nine weeks ago, it feels like a, Very nice. <laughs> it feels like a year already. No longer the new guy. Yeah, that's right. Well, I guess <laughs> I probably had the new guy thinking through it a little bit. But um, when I did my Neo, which is the new employee orientation, it was the week the interns were just all coming in. Yes. And everyone else there was extremely young <laughs> and looked way younger than what I would normally have in my head as kind of graduating or being at university. Yeah. Um, and a few of them were like, so what university do you go to? And I felt amazing that someone actually thought that I was a student. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, h- how did you find the opportunity with the intern? Like, did they get you on kind of gritty projects when you are in the Power BI stuff? Yeah, so... Um I so I interned at Microsoft through this program called Explore, which is really meant for freshmen and sophomores in college uh, to kind of come and experience what it's like to be at a big company and be able to explore what Microsoft has to offer, both uh, as in culture as well as technically. So you get to be a program manager for a couple of weeks and you get to be a developer for a couple of weeks. And so that's that was kind of my first uh, insight into Microsoft. And uh, what was great is when I came here, I, I got to work on Power BI, which at the time uh, I got to see Steve Ballmer go up on, I believe it was MGX, and announce it to the world and say, hey, we're, oh, yeah, we're introducing right. Power BI to the world. Uh, and so that was pretty awesome and amazing for me to be able to be part of a project that you know was kind of under wraps and then come and, and be announced. And, and now to see it where it's gone and, and being mm-hmm. used by, by many, many, many users. Uh, and so I got to be part of different cool projects. I think my very first project was how are customers going to use this thing? How are they going to interact with it? And then I came back and, and did a different project uh, that was still around BI. And then lastly, once I, once I joined full-time was when I j- transitioned over to identity, working on some of the, some of the stuff that you see with Azure AD Connect and uh, monitoring for infrastructure and things like that. That's excellent. I, I, I love the identity space, so it's always fun to talk about that. So so we we, we talk to each other on Twitter about managed service identity, which is uh, uh, near and dear to my heart. I, I really think it's a, it's a great, great thing for developers to get into. So um, what is your role in managed service identity, uh, and, and how do you see, what, what's, what do you, what's the goals from Microsoft of why you created this service? Yeah, so I've... Uh 
So I'm the PM for Managed Service Identity. Uh, I, I transitioned over to this role about, I'm going to say, seven, eight months ago. And really what the intention is, uh, our goal is to get developers to be more secure in the way they write their code on Azure uh, so that they you know, get to a place where credentials are no longer in their code. Um, and, and managed service identity is kind of bringing that, that, that I guess, that to life. Uh, my role mainly revolve, revolves around what are the features, what are the things that are bringing into managed service identity, and then and, they, and working with all the different Azure services so that they can integrate support for managed identities, right? So I'm mainly the, the guy that gets to work with all the other PMs and engineering teams to say, here's what it's like for, get, for your service to have a managed identity. Yeah, so we maybe take a step back. So what would you say, what is managed service identity? So what do you talk to a developer? What is this thing and, and why would you use it? Yeah, so uh, managed service identity is basically, let's say you have an Azure resource. Uh, we'll talk about a VM. It's an, uh, an opportunity for you to say this VM is uh, a trusted resource and I want to give it an identity that then I can leverage to go and authenticate to other cloud services. And so what we do is in the background, we create uh, basically an identity for it in Azure AD and we tie it to that resource. So we say this identity is for this VM and now whatever resources or whatever permissions you want to grant to that to that VM, you can leverage it to say if you have some code running on there that needs to talk to uh, storage or needs to talk to resource manager, basically you can leverage that. So what resources in Azure can get an identity assigned to them? Uh, today, the resources that we support with the managed identity is uh, uh, virtual machines, virtual machine skill sets, app services, and Azure functions. Uh, those are the ones that are uh, out there mainly. Excellent. And, and I know there's a subset of resources at the moment that can be that for which this identity can be authorized. Yes. Sorry, it's a complicated sentence there. So can you at least talk a little bit about what those services are and what's the roadmap yep. on those? Yep. So the, the the way we think about it, there's two ways that, that customers can use managed identities to authenticate to other services. Uh, the most common one is for any service that supports Azure AD authentication, where you can leverage the basically the tokens that you get back from managed identity and, and go and call directly to it. These are things like uh, Azure Resource Manager, Azure Key Vault, uh, Storage, uh, event hubs, event grid, I believe. Uh, I need to go double check on that one. Um, and so these are the kind of the services that natively support Azure AD authentication, and you can go and leverage it. Now, there's a set of services that that don't support Azure AD auth natively, and so there's an option for customers that want to still leverage managed identity to do that. And what we've seen is uh, by taking advantage of Key Vault, right? So if you're trying to authenticate, let's say storage, storage is the most recent one that introduced the Azure AD auth support that came back in May. Uh, before then, what we what we saw customers do was they would take whatever keys they needed to talk to storage, and they would put them in Key Vault, and then using a managed identity, they would authenticate to Key Vault, basically retrieve those keys, and then go talk to storage. And so, and through that methodology, you can basically access any other service that you can that you might need to, to get to. And so, do those do they have to be keys? Obviously, storage has those long strings, but going to be the notion of just storing a password in there if you were going back to connect to something that was using a more traditional username and password approach as well? So technically, you know, it could be either one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you can put it in Key Vault, then technically you could store it there and then go retrieve it with a managed identity. Yeah. You know, uh, based on what we're trying to drive developers and drive users towards, we're trying sure. to stop them from doing that, right? Yeah. So in favor of using the managed identity. But in the interim, as we work towards that, yes, you could You could technically do that. Yeah, the scenario I've seen a couple times is, is for example, when, if I'm writing... Um, 
so people have, were doing CSOM calls to SharePoint, which generally requires a username and password. And so I would, at a minimum, I'm telling them, we'll put the password in Key Vault and use MSI to get the, the secret out and put it in a secure string, and then make your call to, to SharePoint from there. So at least uh, try to get people right. So is that the kind of scenario that you can envision initially? or, or Yes. Is, yeah, yeah, initially, that's what we've seen a lot of the cases, is customers do, doing, you're leveraging managed identities for kind of that jump off point. I mean, the whole MSI thing threw me for a loop. I think the reason that Twitter thread started off was something that someone had mentioned on GitHub about, or maybe on Twitter and trying to get Azure Functions to working with MSIs. And, you know, I'd worked in the Azure Functions team for <laughs> seven or eight months. And I'm like, MSIs, why would you need to use an MSI installer to deploy an Azure function and then after a little bit of discussion and an Arturo jumping on it was like oh he means managed service identities <laughs> yes. well initially there was an MSI you'd put on a VM if I remember part of the preview but we don't want to go too deep into that so it was a little bit confusing when I first yeah, came across so, it as well yeah. so that's, that's a great point I think that was one of those first things that I noticed too when I joined and, and something we're trying to work towards in fact what you'll see is in our documentation we don't use the acronym MSI anymore Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. and, and mainly it's because MSI you know there's there's tons of other things that, that come to mind uh, when you say MSI, and obviously managed service identity is not top of mind. <laughs> uh, and so we're trying to, to make sure that you know we, we clear up any misconceptions because we've seen a couple times where there's either threads that customers are like, hey, can I use an MSI with this service? And somebody will come back and say, yeah, sure, you can use an installer. Um, and so we're trying to you know we're trying to clear those things up. So so you won't see the MSI acronym in our documentation, um, we're, we're talking about managed service identity. In fact, one of the things that you know we've talked a lot about is we are, the service The service itself, the name is Azure AD Managed Service Identity, but what we really, the thing that we offer is managed identities for Azure resources, right? So you have an Azure resource and we give you a managed identity for it. So we're trying to talk about it as managed identities rather than MSIs. <laughs> so. But ultimately, if uh, a service you built supports Azure, authentication and calling the API with an Azure ID user account, this can be managed through this process, right? So it doesn't just have to be the services like storage and... Correct. If, if you have a service that understands Azure DAUTH, you can yeah. make it use it. So I think the scenario I'm kind of thinking about is more like a in an enterprise where maybe you've built some backend microservices or something that you want to kind of manage yep. the control of. That's a perfect scenario for an enterprise dev to kind of lock all that stuff away yep. through that. Yeah, and part of our of our roadmap, it's not available today, but one of the things that we want to go and publish is either a tutorial or, or some information about if I have a service, if I have my own service, how do I make it understand Azure AD authentication or Azure AD based tokens? Mm -hmm. And so that we can basically enable users to go in and, and, and basically enable those type of scenarios. And then essentially you could control then what things are calling those API layers yourself. Like if it was only meant to be a few VMs in a particular, you know, three-tier stack architecture you're doing, you've got way more control over that if you can see that kind of flow going through. Yep. That's neat. I know this will be hard to do in audio, but can you give us a, uh, a flowchart, if you a high-level flowchart, if you of what that really means? So if I have a code running on a VM or code running in a web app or a function and I'm trying to call some custom service behind Azure Active Directory. What what steps do I have to do in my code to make that work? Is we keep saying it's great, it's it's helpful, yeah, yeah, but what, yeah. what what does that really mean? So there's there's two steps. So if we'll talk about or I guess two 
two sides to the story. Let's talk about the managed identity piece, right? Like, what is it, what does it mean for me to get for for a VM to have a managed identity to have permissions for it? So what what we've done is, if you go through the portal, basically we've enabled managed identity, so you can do it through any of the interfaces that interact with the Azure Resource Manager, whether it's the portal, whether it's the PowerShell SDKs, CLI templates, whatever you want, you can go through and say, hey, please either create me a VM or a resource or update an existing one and give it a managed identity. Uh, we have two types of managed identities that we support for VMs and, and scale sets. One is called system assigned, which basically is, it's a single managed identity for per resource. It's a one-to-one mapping where you say, I have a VM, that VM gets a managed identity. When I go delete that VM, we will clean up the identity for you so that you're no longer having to basically worry about the management of that identity. The second type of managed identity that we support is called user assign. And this one is more of a standalone Azure resource. So where you go to the portal and you say, I want I want a managed identity. And so you go create it. And then after, after creating it, you can say, I want this managed identity to be used with a VM or two VMs or three VMs or however many. Um, so let's assume that we've created a VM and we've given it a system assigned identity. What that does in the background is basically we create and, and, and I guess it's no it's no secret, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> we'll go and create service principles in Azure AD that basically back that identity. But these are special service principles that we manage that are dedicated to be used with a managed identity. And what we do is we basically put that with along with some other information that we create for the managed identity and make that available to the resource provider. In this case, it's compute. Once the managed identity is on the VM, then what you can do is from within the VM, there's a local endpoint for you to be able to go and say, hey, I was told I have a managed identity, please give me a token for it. And all you basically pass in is say, I want a token for this resource, right? So you say, I want a a token for storage, or I want a token for uh, Azure Resource Manager. And in the background, the subsystem, what it does is basically goes and does the interaction between uh, Azure AD and and whatnot to go and get the token. Now, it will give you the token that you've asked for, right? Now, the second piece is once you're actually using that token, right, and you try to go talk to storage or try to talk to Azure Resource Manager, there's the basically the the access checks that happen, right, to be able to say, hey, you got a token. Sure, it's a valid token for a valid identity, but does it have permissions to talk to us, right? And for all for a lot of these pieces, what we take advantage of is the uh, role-based access control, right? So you can go in through the Azure portal, and if you're trying to access, uh, let's say, Azure Resource Manager, you can go into the access control blades and say, I want to give this VM reader access to this resource group. Now, when you make that that call using that token from the v- within the VM, if the check passes, then you can go ahead and read it. If not, it's basically going to fail and say, hey, you, you don't have... The, the necessary permissions. And so the scenario on the VM, it could be, you know, there's PowerShell scripts that fire up and run some lines of PowerShell that will call and fetch the access token and then use the access token to make certain calls to different resources that are running in Azure. Correct, yeah. But then the other side of it is, if I put my web developer hat on, is that I could have um, an IS website running uh, C-sharp code in a, in a web server for maybe a, a website that's internal in the enterprise. And that could also call using C-sharp code back to that to get an access token to then call those resources as well. Yeah, so today anything that is running within that VM yeah. and that can basically reach that local endpoint mm-hmm. is able to, to request a token right, for okay. managing it. And so I guess to go back to your original points of kind of eliminating this hard coding of... Mm-hmm. Um, you know the storage connection strings in C sharp code and yes, 
gangly PowerShell scripts that IT admins write is that, you know, you just kind of give them, the, here's the code snippets for whatever platform they're using and yep. configure yep. it to the VM where they, yeah, they know exactly. it's going to run. And so what the, the, one of the reasons why it makes it a lot easier is instead of hard coding those credentials that you were saying, what you're hard, in a way hard coding is the where you're going to go and get the token. Yeah. Now, the place that you go and get the token in the VMs, it's 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 the IMD Azure Instance Metadata Service Endpoint. Um, it's it's basically a non-routable IP that you can ping and say, hey, I need a token. You'll get that token back. Now, the reality is you can basically go and get new tokens from it. And there is a credential that we, or a certificate that is used in the background. Whenever that expires, we'll go and rotate it as a subsystem. We'll go clean it up. We'll give you a fresh one. So, so there's nothing in your code that needs to change when you're like, oh, I, you know, I, I need to go get a new token or I need to go get a credential. You're basically just making calls to that endpoint and saying, give me a token, give me a token. We'll take care of all the, the, the magic behind the scenes. That's cool. And uh, there's an SDK on this. I remember seeing, right? Are you do you work on that as well? Is it a, a colleague of yours? I guess the I'm drawing a blank on the name of the the NuGet package that I can install in my C sharp code. Uh, are you talking about the uh, app authentication library? I think so, right? Because I don't have to hard code this URL, right? I can just make a call to some library and it may. Yeah, right? so, so so it all depends on on how you're using it, right? There's the there's the app authentication libraries that is created by by a, a different team, in, in actually in the security space, and so they've what they've created is 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 really cool library, and, and we're working towards figuring out how to how to make it more more uh, I guess accessible through other me- mechanisms. But what it does is really, it, it starts by looking at, and, and, and not in this particular order, but it will go and allow you to say, hey, if you're running code, let's check if you have a managed identity, or let's check if there's you're, you're signed into Visual Studio, or if there's some environment variable and things like that. So basically what it allows you to do is say, hey, let me write the code once, and then Let's let's let it run, and it should figure out where it needs to go get the token from. Yeah, and that bit about Visual Studio I found fascinating. And and there's a tutorial, and uh, we'll get a link to that in the show notes. But as you were saying, if I'm I'm writing code on my dev machine, and for example, I want to get a, a password out of the key vault, for example, if I'm if it's running on a VM, it just works mm-hmm. to manage managed identity. Yes, I want to make sure I get that right. Imagine. But if not, it'll look and get. It'll use the credential that I log into Visual Studio with. Yeah. And so, in effect, what we can tell developers or, or developer teams is there's a key vault. Paul has a key vault. Jeremy has a key vault. True has a key vault. But in production, it's the production key vault. But I, again, it's the same code. I press F5. It just works, right? Yeah. So, um, that, that's a, I think that's a very slick story for developers. And, and the tutorial actually shows you how you can run it locally. And it says it's accessed using Paul. But when you deploy it to a, a VM or a function app, it, it shows the identity. It's really cool. Yeah. That, that's it's pretty slick stuff. So ultimately, the person that's deploying the application in the VMs, maybe they're using containers or some, um, you know, they're pushing straight to app service and they're using deployment slots for different environments. Someone else can manage the keys in Key Vault um, completely, entirely separately to the person doing the deployment of the own web application and control, you know, what environments of storage and whatnot is pointing yep. to. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's one of the things is that, you know, uh, if we talk about app services, uh, we do support app services today. Containers is not, is not supported yet, um, but app services is. You can technically go and say, hey, there's one person doing the deployment of the app service, and then somebody else, maybe some, some security person or some admin, is who has all the access and, and can say, this, is, this identity could talk to this service and can talk to this other service. One thing, I guess, the which people are still kind of getting around, especially in the enterprise 
customers I talk to is um, the benefits of having this thing as a an identity inside of Azure. And a lot of it's down to kind of auditing of now we know it's that VM that's accessing that yep. resource at this time. So all of the auditing that's happening from an identity story all up in Azure AD, that, that whole story be supported based on pushing this kind of approach as well, right? So we're, we're working with the with the team that is basically working on all that auditing stories uh, on making sure that, in this case, our, our type of service principles are accounted for in the same way, right? So that we can track down and say, hey, here's the, here's the audit activity for this VM in the background, the service principle and things like that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, there's there's a couple things that are missing right now, but we're working towards making that uh, experience better and better. And if there was multiple web apps running on a VM, can you go to the level of granularity of each one of them having their own managed service identity or is it the VM as a whole that gets that identity? And, and this goes back to that two types of managed identities I was talking about, right? So yeah. if you're using the system assigned, we're going to tra- trace that all back to that system assigned managed identity. Mm-hmm. If you are using user assigned managed identities, then, you, then we can say, hey, this managed this user assigned managed identity was the one that requested it. Right. Um, obviously, if you have them, you know, if you have them running side by side in the same VM, right? If you have uh, the user assigned identities, then we can make it a little bit more more clear for you than if you're relying on the system assigned to do all of it across. So if I have multiple VMs working in a farm of some sort, then I'd want to use the user assigned one, it sounds like, right? So that I could have the same identity for the farm of machines. Yeah, let's say if you had, you know, if if, if you're not using a virtual machine scale set, but let's say you're using five virtual machines that you stood up on your own, and you wanted those five virtual machines to to basically share the same identity, then you could use a user assigned managed identity and, and have it be associated with all those five. Uh, you know, one of the, a couple of the use cases where we've seen the user assigned identity shine is uh, a lot of the times there's developers who maybe they have a virtual machine that is being used for their for their you know application or whatever it is. But what they'll do is is every day that they come in or every morning that VM basically gets wiped and they get a new VM. Right? So there's always fresh environments, and the the challenge with using the system assigned managed identity in this scenario is that every time that you wipe the machine and you create a new one, you have to go and grant the permissions again, right? You have to go and basically give all that that access versus using a user assigned where you you can basically wipe the machine and you can keep the identity that has all the permissions. Yeah, and I think we dove into the details around that granting assignment. So I have a managed identity yeah. and I want it to read storage. What do I have to do? I, I, I have to go to storage and do something there, right? Yeah, exactly. So you have to go into, uh, when you create a managed identity, by default, it doesn't have any permissions, right? We want to make sure that uh, just as any user, you don't have any permissions. You have to explicitly go and grant it uh, the, the right access. So if you go to storage, in storage there'll be an access control option where you can go and say, hey, grant grant permissions, and then you can get the different options, right? In this case, we're talking about RBAC, Azure RBAC, where you can go and say, I want to grant reader access, and then you can specify that you want to grant it to a virtual machine or a user assigned managed identity. Right, and for a key vault, for example, I'd have read-write access to my security yes. IT pro dude, and my application is read-only, yes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can definitely go and grant that different type of permissions. And so is that all done via the UI in a browser or is there a way like you were talking about there where I'm um, dropping VMs and creating new ones is there a way that that can programmatically be you can definitely well? do it programmatically okay yeah Any anything that you can do through the UI you can do programmatically so we want to make sure that we can enable that for, yeah. and for an scenarios and an ARM template too I think right an ARM template so if I'm yeah, exactly. using an ARM template I can bundle that identity yep. assignment in there as well 
Oh, okay, so like I can just have a named user. Yep. So you can go and basically do it all programmatically to enable all those automation scenarios. That's cool. And so getting started with this stuff, where do you point people as the PM for this? Like if, if people are trying to kind of learn a bit, a little bit more reading or do you have any labs that they can follow to build their first one? Yeah. So, uh, and I know we talked about the whole acronym issue first, but so the, the, the main place where you can go to find everything about us is aka.ms Azure MSI. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll go and update that soon. Uh, basically there, what your land is basically all of our documentation of what is, what are managed identities for Azure resources? How do you use them? How do you go configure them? And then we've done um, working with our, with our great content writer team, uh, created a bunch of tutorials on here's how you go and here's how you go and enable managed identity on VM uh, using either the portal, using CLI, using ARM templates, and all those kind of things. And then there's a set of tutorials on hey, I need to go and access storage, or I need to go and access a SQL or things like that, where you can go and basically follow our steps, and it will get you that uh, that basically set up. Uh, there's also a bunch of other resources of what's available, what's coming for managed identities, um, and both in the sense of like hey, what supports a managed identity and also what can I get granted access to? In fact, I had to go and double check right now. I think earlier in this, in, in, I mentioned EventGrid, but no, EventGrid, it's not, it's a different story. Um, uh, but yeah, so if you want, if you're interested in what we support or what's available, you can go and check it out in the documentation. And then there's a bunch of other resources that you can check out. So, so you PM quite a lot with other teams inside of Azure to try and encourage them to kind of adopt this and build it into their own blades and... Yeah, exactly. So so I, as a PM for managed service identity, what I do is I, I work with our engineering team to make sure that we have, you know, we're building the features and things like that. But ultimately, uh, the integration of, hey, getting an app service or getting an Azure function to have a managed identity is is work that happens across teams to make sure that, hey, the, the team that owns the Azure service uh, can can understand here's what it means for your service to have a managed identity. So we'll work with all the different teams mm-hmm. on bringing that to life. And so I'm sure there's a few people kind of with this question of, is there a cost associated with using this? So is this something that we get for free or is this like a, a P1 or a P2 yeah. or a P question mark? I can, I can, I can give up my PayPal here. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, managed identities is free. Um, actually, you really should just to see whether anyone actually yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Um No, uh, when we think about managed identities, we think about it as, hey, you've, you've bought the car. Here's a seat belt for you to use. Uh, and, and, and so it's free. It's part of Azure AD Basic, which basically, I believe, or Azure AD Free trying to remember all the different SKUs of Azure AD. Uh, but yeah, you don't have to pay anything for it uh, in terms of the VM and VMSS case and, and app services and functions uh, as well. So That's awesome. So our, our, our audience is Microsoft 365 developers, and that means Microsoft Graph. So is there a, a direct support for Graph? Or I, I'm kind of putting you on a spot in this maybe, yeah. but, but or, or what would I have to do if I want to get a token to let me read slash me slash mail, for example? Yeah, so today, you know, most of the ways that you go and grant access permissions in the portal is is in order to give Azure RBAC permissions. Now, you can grant it permissions to go and read Graph. One of the things that it's, it's on our roadmap as well is to go and get a tutorial on our official documentation on here's how you do it. I know that some members of the community have gone done, have figured out how do you go and do this. Uh, and so so thanks to everyone, props for, for going and, and figuring it out. But yeah, it is possible. Um, uh, it, it is not as straightforward on saying, hey, 
just as I go through the portal and I say, check, 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 done, I can read storage. It's not the same to be able to say, hey, go and read graph, but it is possible. And we're trying to figure out ways to make it a little bit more streamlined at some point. So, so um, in that case, that would be like if I created an app-only Azure AD application that my admin had consented access to read, write, or user profiles, you can then grant that for a managed service identity exactly. to AVM. You can grant those same permissions to the managed identity. That's really neat. Yeah, and I, I think we should point out that uh, that would require an uh, app only because there's no user context. Correct. Right? Yeah. Is that right? Correct. So, Correct. so for those who are looking at the graph, and if I've delegated permissions, there is no user in which to delegate it using that token. Yep. So it certainly would be uh, app only. We, we need to do a podcast on the whole app only versus user delegation, but I'm just not sure that it works without hand-waving on whiteboards. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's kind of hard. To, <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. see I'm hand-waving here quite a bit. Um, and so... Do you have, is there any blogs or videos or anyone you'd recommend that you've done personally if people were kind of like, oh, I like this guy and I want to see what else he's been doing in this space? Yeah, so we did a video a couple of weeks ago uh, that was released a couple of weeks ago with uh, on the Azure Friday uh, videos uh, with Donovan Brown on here's what managed identities are and here are how to use them very similar. So it's you can you can find it actually from our documentation. Uh, and then we just released a blog post a couple of weeks ago where we were giving a bunch of updates. So managed identities has been available uh, for, for several months now and so we wanted to give an update to the community of here's where we're at here's some changes that happened and, and where we're going. Uh, so you can find that as well either uh, through just searching for updates on managed identities or we and, can link it in the show notes. And if people have questions Questions, or God forbid, there's a bug that they think they've discovered, yeah. <laughs> or features they'd like to see, like improvements to maybe the event grid support or something. You know, just yeah, yeah. what me saying. What, what's the process there for your team to kind of be engaged with at that level? Uh, definitely a few different options. Obviously, the uh, the the standard answer is you know we're always on support, right? So you can always open up support case for for managed identities. But if you want to reach out to us. Um, there's a few different ways. We have Stack Overflow, right? Mm-hmm. So on Stack Overflow, there's an Azure uh, MSI tag that you can use uh, to go and post any questions or, or issues or any bugs that you might be wondering about. And uh, the the entire team basically looks at that very, very frequently and will try to respond. Uh, you can go and let's say if, if there's a service that doesn't support managed identities yet and you want it to support, you can go to user voice, uh, so feedback.azure.com and submit a request to say, hey, I really, really want this service to support managed identities and, and, and get that in the radar of the team. And then lastly, you know, you can send me a tweet on on my Twitter handle, which is Arluca ID, uh, and I'll I'll respond back. I'll make sure that's in the show notes too. So uh, I assume since you're still a PM, the, you're not done, right? There, are, uh, should we expect uh, more things coming down the pipe? Uh, yes, absolutely. You should you should definitely expect a lot of good stuff coming. Uh, again, we're we're trying to get more and more Azure services to support having managed identities. Uh, right now, you know, the list is is those that we talked about: virtual machines and, and app services and Azure Functions. Uh, but we want to make sure that other other things that developers are using on Azure can take that to get advantage of the same story. So you'll see more and more services light up. Um, at the same time, we're trying to improve the experience in in the, in the ones that exist today. So uh, in virtual machines and virtual machine skill sets, they support those two types of managed identities that we talked about: system assigned and user assigned. Um, app services and Azure functions are coming with their support for user assigned. They just GA the support for system assigned, and so uh, yeah, you'll definitely see more and more coming. 
Awesome. Excellent. Well, look, I appreciate you, firstly you reaching out and being like, hey, how do I get in the show? Oh, yeah. you guys chatting. <laughs> um, so that does Need work. a little bit of fame. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> For uh, people listening that are like, oh, how do I get in the show? It worked. You sent an email and we went, sure, that Paul's in town. Let's, let's get yeah. in the room and record it. Um, and secondly, thanks for sharing all those details. I think this has been super useful. Um, in the show notes, we'll definitely add your Twitter and stuff so that people can kind of either give you kudos and shout outs and uh, ask any questions awesome. online. Um, and we'll have all the links to all the getting started docs and the videos and so forth. Perfect. So, yeah, thanks very much for your time, man. I appreciate great. you coming out today. Thank you. It's great. Great being on with you. Cheers. for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.M365DevPodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. 